You know when you're out with your friends and they all order beer and then you look insane when you don't want any beer? I mean, no offense to any of my friends out there, but I'm not a crazy obsessed beer drinker. I mean, once in a while, but I don't really love it. But I did recently try Bud Light Seltzer. It's not beer. It's a hard seltzer from Bud Light. Finally, there's something I can drink when everyone else is having a beer. Bud Light Seltzer's 5% alcohol, 100 calories, and it comes in four flavors. There's strawberry, lemon lime, mango, and my go-to black cherry. They're all super refreshing and perfect when I want something with a little more kick than just sparkling water. You know what I'm saying? Bud Light Seltzer, unquestionably good. Are you ready? I'm ready. Fine. So, recently, I I can't remember if we've talked about this before because all this stuff blurs together for me. So, I tell me if this is redundant. But recently, we were in the middle of negotiating a deal, and just something went south. <laughs> and I wanted to call up one of the people involved who was originally a friend. And unravel, right? And just like, this, you scumbag. And like, we were crystal clear before you wasted our time and cost these opportunities. And, you know, what the, you know, I had just had it. Like, I had kind of like been dealing with this for months and I had gotten to sort of like my end game with it. And I was feeling that overwhelming impulsivity to call and say, you know, screw you and screw this and you blew it and blah, blah, blah. And my business partner was like, Jill, please don't do this. <laughs> please. He just, you know, I'm sorry. he's like, Jill, please don't do please, this. Please, please. And I was like, okay. So then we hang up, right? And I call him back. I'm like, no, I should call. And he's like, please. Please don't do this. I'm like, okay. Then I'm like, gee, I really feel I should call and say da 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 da. And he's like, okay, what do you think that that's going to accomplish? And I was like, well, they will know that they, you know, that they have blown it. He's like, well, they already know that this is a deal killer. <laughs> Quite aware of it. Yeah, he's like, they know this is a deal killer. And I, he's like. And I was like, well, they will know I am pissed. And he's like, and do you think they care? And I was like, I, I don't know. He's like, nope, probably not. And if anything, it's just weakness on your part because it's supposed to be business. And then they know that they've upset you. So you lose, right? And that was very good advice. Well, and then he's like, ultimately, what are we trying to accomplish? He's like, we want to get in this business. These people run in that business. If you call them and you go off half-cocked and you say, go and screw yourself, then they're going to go around town and say that you went off half-cocked and you're, you know, he's like, why give them that ammunition to use against you? And I was like, I won't send it in an email. I'll do it in a phone call. He's like, Jill, please. And and then, you know, he goes, remember, because there was a piece of advice that I loved and I can't, I think I said it on the show before, but I don't remember. And it was Warren Buffett. And he said, you know what? 
You can always tell someone to go to hell tomorrow. Oh, my God. That's great. Like, take a beat. Take a minute. Take a breath. Just stop. And I realize in my life that I have really struggled with impulsivity. Truly, like, just that impulse to say, screw you, and I'm out, and, you know, I'm out of here, and you're not pulling one over on me, and part of it's pride, part of it's ego, and it's just this overwhelming feeling of, like, being bullied, and I won't tolerate it because it reminds me of my dad, so I'm like, I'm out of here, and I don't need you, right? So I get kind of historically charged, but I think that many of us get into these situations where we work on building a business, or we work on building a relationship, or whatever it is that we've put years, mm-hmm. months, weeks, months, years, decades into building, and then in one minute of impulsivity, you realize you can destroy all of that, right? You can just wipe it out with one blow up at somebody. No, that's true. You, or, you don't want to think that, but it's true. It's, oh, believe me, I've lived it. It's true. Trust me. It is true. I've managed to do it to myself at least three times in this lifetime. So, yeah. Really? Oh, my God. Yes. Like Irreparable. Pretty much. Yeah. Like, there was a... Uh, this is the best thing that ever happened to me, but at the time I had no idea. I had left training, and I was working in the entertainment industry from 24 to 27. I'd finally gotten promoted to being a motion picture packaging agent from an assistant, from a trainee, you know, all this stuff, from production assistant. All, you know, worked my way up and there was a guy that I hated and uh, he had done something really evil and someone gave me the opportunity to kind of rat him out and say that he you know, had embezzled funds. And, well, of course, this guy was really powerful and in saying like, yeah, he did this and this and this and that's how he got around it. Well, he was leveraged with that information to staying at the agency and then he blackballed me all over town. That's how I ended up back in training because at 27, I was like, what am I going to do? How am I going to make a living? And I had to go back to training and then, of course, realized I loved it. And it's another story mm-hmm. entirely. But sure, in one felt swoop, I destroyed my entire career in the entertainment industry as an executive and wiped out three years of effort because I hated this guy. And in a moment of impulsivity, instead of thinking through, like, what are the consequences of me getting involved in this? You know, I took the bait. I ratted him out. And there you go. Are you kidding? I mean, season three of The Biggest Loser was a completely different issue than this last go around. And in this the season three, like, I had a knockdown, drag out fight with a producer, and they were like, that's it. You know, we're not, even though the guy was a complete jerk, it's not the point. It was, I didn't handle, it wasn't handled the right way. I didn't have to get involved. I could have let my agents, my lawyers right. handle it, but I was like, screw you, dude. You're a disgusting human being. And season three, they were like, you know, forget it. It's just this is too much trouble than it's worth. Then, of course, the show didn't work and they asked me to come back. And, you know, we found a way because I had learned that lesson. But what if the show had worked? That would have been it, Janice. I would have. And I wasn't ready to, to be off of Loser at that point. I didn't have enough of a brand. So my point is that you, you can do real damage in a moment and destroy things you've worked on forever. And I just think before you, and you've heard like take a breath, count to 10, right? You know, live in the pause. And we've mm-hmm. talked about that a lot. But really, before you go off half cocked and you lose it on someone, just stop. Just stop for a second and go, if I do lose it, what will I achieve? How will it get me closer to my ultimate goal? And then 
at the end of it, even if you're like, I don't care, I want to say screw you, you know, you can always, you can live with, you can tell them to go to hell tomorrow. And that's what my team kept saying is like, you know what, Jill, you have the power of no. You ultimately, you have the power of no. No one's bullying you. You can, you can say go to hell tomorrow. You can say go to hell tomorrow. And it looks like ultimately it will work out this, this deal situation, but it was hard and it was a pain in the butt. And I mean, I could have stuck a stick of dynamite in that sucker. And it's a business that we've been trying to get into for six years. So it looks like it might actually work out. But that's kind of my point. I guess I guess the lesson, the thing that's on my mind is like, don't let your pride get in the way. Don't let your ego get in the way. Don't allow yourself to become overwhelmed by negative emotions. Stop and ask questions so that you can start to reason. You can actually shift the part of your brain that you think with from the part that's impulsive to the part that like from your amygdala to your frontal lobe by stopping and questioning and saying like, okay, where is this going? What is this going to accomplish? How is this going to further my cause? What am I hoping to achieve? What do I need to do in this situation to get where I ultimately wanted to go? And you know what? There's always tomorrow. You can always tell them to go to hell tomorrow. And yeah, that's, that's really it. Oh, it's good. You know, that's all I have to say. We, but we are trapped. We, not that we're trapped, but we live in an age where there is so much immediacy. You know, like we can, Oof, we can, email is dangerous. It, it is, and that's boy. what I mean. you say. We can say go to hell tomorrow. We can also write the email tomorrow. Like yep. a lot of people say, write it, save don't, it, don't, don't accidentally send, it. send yeah. and look at it again in the morning. And I've been given that advice many, many times. Yeah. And and that's what I love about the olden days. I know you don't like it when I talk about the, the olden, olden days, days, but in the olden days, when you uh, wanted to. To speak to someone, you'd write the letter, dear. Chuck, yeah, and then you'd have to Charles. mail it. And then ma- mail have, it, yeah. No, not even mail it. Then a horse would have to take it. Like, I, <laughs> I'd like to tell Charles that I love him. Janice was born and in I 1862. Would, like, I would like to Canada's be. Canada's behind, I guess. Yeah. I would you, like to be. I'm not even. Gonna, I'm not even going to acknowledge that. I would like to be a Charles's wife. <laughs> and you roll it, and then you put the stamp on it. Charles's what? They had know, English just, accents too. Yeah, they did, right. And then you give it to the horseman, and the horseman gallops off to another land and delivers it. And then you, and then Charles, and then you wait to Charles. What is she talking about? To write back and say, yes, Penelope, I will did. marry you. This is all assuming Indians don't attack the horseman. I agree. Yeah. But I don't know uh, why she's gotten in into my like, acting story, out Pride there's and Prejudice. No, there's no <laughs> attacks. This is Pride and Prejudice. <gasps> That's what it is. Pride and prejudice. Just think that. If we could live our lives in that pace, then we could tell, then I could say, Nothing Dear would get Charles, done. go to hell tomorrow. <laughs> See? I was to bringing it back to what your original, but it wasn't really a good. No, it was a weak analogy. Especially I, the horse thing, because that's unrelatable. I'm just saying that in the olden days, it took a while to get a message. Uh-huh. Although, if the message and you were regret it, then you, the have to shoot, then you would have to shoot the horseman. You'd have to what get on your horse. What the hell is she talking well, let's about? Say, let's say in the olden days. Oh, my God, she's, days, still, she's still talking you about You have to here's... find the horseman and, and shoot him, right? Exactly. Like, what does know, this have to do with Warren Buffett? I'm just saying if you did send a message yeah. and you go, oh, God, I shouldn't have sent that, you would have to get on your horse, chase down the horseman, shoot him in the back. Why would you shoot him and not just ask for the letter back? Oh, I guess you could. You could say, excuse me, oh, horseman, I need that letter back. Right. Uh, but why would you resort to murder? Well, just it was more dramatic. S- still easier than unsending an email, though. 
Exactly. I agree. I agree. You can't unsend those emails. You're yeah, right about that. That's right, Jake. Very good. <laughs> yeah, you can't that's unsend. True. Look, even Brittany's acknowledging that, what a good point this is. Yeah. God, I'm glad I'm here. So, <laughs> dear Charles. Oh, my God. Okay. Just <laughs> off. I no! Love, I love Click, you, Jake, Charles. Charles. <laughs> dear Charles, I love you, Charles. Dear Charles. What's wrong with her today? You know she's sober, right? <laughs> She's still like this. Really? Yes. God. Oh, God. Okay, time for a segment. Time did for you a like segment. how I did that? Yeah. <sighs> time for a segment, Janice. Mm-hmm. Janice, let's see if she's been listening. What's an obesogen? I I don't know. You mean you don't know? I really don't. We've know. We've been doing this for years. I've, I don't think I've ever heard you say. I've heard I've you say it morbid, a million times. I've heard you say morbidly obese, but I've never heard obesogen. you say obesogen. Oh, you never said that on the show. There are chemicals, Janice, that disrupt the function of our hormone system. Hello. Causes us to gain weight. They're linked to all kinds of deadly diseases that curse the American populace and even the Canucks as well. Wow. Hello. For years, I've been talking about it. Well, I just don't recall the, the word, but I, you have been talking about things that attack us. Yeah. I have. And I always say it's calories in, calories out, but the quality of your food is really important because mm-hmm. the chemicals in the food are linked to obesity, hence the term obesogens. Okay. And let me tell you, there's no coincidence that if you look at the rise of obesity in the world, it simultaneously matches the rise and the distribution of industrial chemicals in our food, and our beauty mm-hmm. products. So with that said, I wanted to give you some simple tips, but just to prove my point, I mean, literally these obesogens are entering our bodies from a variety of different sources. So it could be the hormones found in soy products. It could be the hormones administered to animals in factory farms. It could be the plastics in some of our food and drink packaging. It could be the ingredients that are added to processed foods, the pesticides that are sprayed on produce. And basically what they do is they act by mimicking our hormones like estrogen and they can literally misprogram our stem cells to become fat cells by altering the function of our genes. Really? Oh, dude. Hello. I wrote a whole book about it. Hello. Master your metabolism. Enormous New York Times bestseller. Hello. No, I just... Uh, Hello. It's, 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 alien, it's alien stuff when you start saying stuff like that. I know, that. dude. It's scary. But I let know. me... That's... Okay. I get it. So that's why I just wanted to go over some... I think it does get overwhelming. And, you know, I'm always telling you, don't do this. Don't do that. Don't do this. So the first thing I want to do is start out with a do. So you've heard of the dirty dozen. And those are like the 12 thin-skinned fruits and vegetables that you should never eat if they're not organic. You know, it's cherries, strawberries, celery, things like that. But what we don't talk about are the Clean 15. And what that is, is a group of conventionally grown fruits and vegetables with the least pesticide residue. Because people are, you know, again, I get it. You don't have the money. Times are tough. Organic seems impossible. So let's talk about the better choice you can make if you're not going organic. So we've got onions, avocados, 
pineapples, sweet corn, mangoes, asparagus, sweet peas, kiwi, cabbage, eggplants, papayas, watermelon, broccoli, tomatoes. I'm actually really surprised about tomatoes. I didn't know that one. And sweet potatoes. And the idea is that most of the things I listed either have like a, a thick skin or a rind um, or there's something like an onion or broccoli, which has kind of a bitter taste yeah. and produces its own natural insecticide. So because what happens is when you're taking in all of this insecticide, I mean, it's going to wreak havoc on everything. The organochlorine pesticides impair your thyroid function. There's something called, I can't even pronounce it, it's like tributilatin. It's a fungicide that basically uh, causes fat cell formation from the stem cells. I mean, I could go on and on. These are all from uh, the the Journal of Molecular and Cellular Endocrinology, blah, blah, blah. I could go on and on. And I don't want to get too scientific. Just follow what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Don't eat the dirty dozen non-organic. Instead, opt for the clean 15. So instead of having strawberries and cherries for breakfast have the pineapples mangoes and papayas or watermelon you get what i'm saying Um, now another big one here and this is actually easy and it's not going to cost you more i just need you to change the way you're living is you got to stop eating plastic and i know you're like i don't eat plastic i don't understand what you're talking about but the reality is you are and it's it's general generally in the packaging of your food so the first thing you want to follow is never ever heat your food in plastic so, yeah, I stopped doing that. Yeah, if you've yeah. got like a to-go container or, gosh, sometimes like uh, you'll get a uh, something frozen and it comes in a little plastic thing and you stick it in the microwave or your kid might have a little plastic bowl and you nuke their food in the microwave. Don't ever microwave your food in plastic because when you heat the plastic, the plastic stuff or the chemicals in the plastic can leach into the food. Here's one you might not have thought about. Avoid meat wrapped in plastic. So, like when you buy the package of chicken, mm-hmm. and it's got it's in the little yellow styrofoam thing, right? And then it's got the plastic wrap around it with the price on it. Don't do that. Go to the butcher and have him wrap the meat in paper. Big, I swear to God, it, it adds up. It's important. Because it sits in that, just because it sits in that for a couple of days? But, buddy, it, absor- yeah, it absorbs the plastic, and then you eat it. Yeah. Exactly. And, but remember, it's the cumulative effect. So it's like, okay, it's the plastic in your, you know, the cup that you just got, the styrofoam right. that's leaching into the hot coffee. Then it's the plastic that you nuked your food in. Then it's the plastic on the inside of the can of the food you're about to eat, which is what I'm about to tell you. So you want to avoid, you want to cut down on canned goods. So instead of buying, like, vegetables in cans, buy frozen vegetables mm-hmm. in a bag. Instead of buying, like, tuna in a can, try to get, Tuna, like fresh tuna, if you can. Uh, you want to avoid cans that have BPA, bisphenol A. There's a brand called Eden Foods um, that will have that their cans don't contain BPA. Another thing is to buy food in jars instead of cans. Yeah, the glass, whenever you can. And, uh, you know, avoid plastic mugs. People have like little to-go mugs and this and that and styrofoam cups and all that crap. All that stuff leaches like styrene which is a, a chemical that's linked to cancer. It all leaches into your tea. This is, avoid it whenever you can. And when it comes to meat, if you had to choose, right, if it was like, okay, you know, do I do the organic chicken or the organic beef? What do I do, the fish or the fish is obviously not going to be organic. There's no such thing as an organic fish right now. Um, even though you'll see organic salmon, it's like it, there's farm-raised and there's ocean-caught. You, you want ocean-caught for the same reason because it's not – it's fed – Ocean eats plankton instead right. of corn and all that crap. But at the end of the day, 
you want to worry about mercury, but then you watch out for the predatory fish. You don't eat big fish. That said, uh, chicken, they are given, um, they are given antibiotics and, you know, they are fed crap and they're filled with all sorts of, you know, uh, this and that and God knows what, but they aren't given steroids and growth hormones, at least not in the U.S. So if you had to make a decision about meat, where you want to spend your money is on the organic grass-fed meat. Because when you're looking at things like, you know, trenbolone, it's like, I hope I'm pronouncing it right, trenbolone acetate, it's an anabolic steroid. It's eight to ten times as potent as human testosterone. And, I mean, it just, it wrecks havoc. Uh, Basically, when you're eating these steroids and these hormones, they wreak havoc on your estrogen levels, your progesterone levels, your testosterone levels. And all of this stuff not only makes you sick, but it makes you fat. Whereas a grass-fed organic beef cow doesn't have any of that. And, of right. course, they're not, you know, we've talked about what they're feeding these animals as well. I mean, you know, a grass-fed cow has none of those hormones. And, in fact, they have a ton of omega-3, which is a CLA fat, right, conjugated linoleic acid, which is great for heart health and actually great for weight loss. So one cow makes you fat and one cow actually helps you stay lean and is great for your heart health. So if there were, like, three things I would tell you right off the top, that you could do, two of which won't cost you more money, one of which will cost you a little more, but if you prioritize where you're putting it and you eat less meat, so if you say, okay, I'm going to have beef once a week, maybe twice, instead of cheap beef every day, and in the long run, you're going to save a fortune on your medical bills. So, yeah, that's it. Now what? Well, let me see how long that particular time was. Could have been a bit lengthy. Tiny bit verbose. No, that's, that was fine. All right, um, good. You know what we need? We need a sna- snappy uh, segment. <laughs> we, need a, of God. we need a snappy uh, segment. Oh. <laughs> and we're going to come right back with one of those. That's a ginch. It's a ginch. Is your underpants? What? I thought that was britches. Britches? No, britches are pants. Ginch is ginch or gaunch is your underpants. Ginch your gaunch? Ginch or gaunch. What's a gaunch? Gaunch. Your gaunchies. Is she hey. serious? Hey, you got your. Hey, those are nice gaunchies. That's no, underpants. come on. That's underpants. In britches, what planet? Brittany, britches are are pants. Pull on your, what planet is a gaunch of, of underwears? Gaunch. Hey, man, check out the gaunch. She okay, serious? That's a very common term. Are you guys serious? We're getting Canadian ratings for this. Oh, is this a Canadian thing? It's no, be. I don't believe so. I think do, now what do I have to do? I have to call a department store <laughs> to talk to their hey. undergarment <laughs> section. Are you serious? That's, I still can't believe you All right, in the meantime, radio. while I'm about oh. to do my um, my fit, snappy fitness tips, somebody find me... A Canadian department store, please. No, seriously. No, no. They're not going to say gaunch. I'm going to say, say the can underwear. you please tell me, up in Canada, do you use words like ginch and gaunch? 
Why do we have to do this? Because I think you're lying. <laughs> I think that this is a trick to get me to say this weird shit, oops, stuff. So people look at me crazier than they already do with more judgment than previously uh, they had before. I think you're sabotaging me. I don't think there is such a thing as a ginch or a gaunch, and I'm going to call somebody and find out. Brittany, get on that. In the meantime, would you like your snappy fitness segment? Yes, please. Here we go. All right, so I hate running. I think it's so I so completely oh, I hate it. God, I hate it. I hate it. And it's just, I'm not built for it. I, I my Physically, I'm just not built for it. So I have to do all kinds of stuff to, like, trick myself to run better or you know to run longer so i thought i would share some of my running my latest running tips okay. and motivation are you ready yep okay so treadmill university that's what i call it now so i i just hate it so much and i get on my treadmill and i'll listen to either like a book on tape or a podcast or i'll try to sort of like educate myself because it kind of takes my mind off how miserable I am. <laughs> Music doesn't really do it actually, which is kind of amazing. But I'm like, oh God, I've listened to this song 15 times. Like it yeah. just, it doesn't help, which is shocking. Now I have to listen to like, I have to listen to a podcast or something of that nature to kind of help me uh, or a book on tape. I'm like, okay, all right. Because it's just, it, it gets me... It forces me to think, whereas music doesn't really force me to think. It forces me to think about something other than the fact that I'm miserable. Yes, yeah, yeah. Uh, all right. Now, another one that I want you to try to do is um, I, I do this. I'll play, like, goal games on the treadmill. So I'll say, okay, how fast can I burn 50 calories? Or how fast can I run uh, this quarter of a mile? Mm -hmm. Or I'll look at the, the displays, right? And there's, like, a timer, a calorie burn, and, and miles. And I'm like, okay, okay. It, and it'll say, like, 3.87 miles. I'm like, oh, I'm going to get to four miles, and then I'll be done. Then I'll be done. But then I look at the clock, and it's, like, 38 minutes. And I was like, oh, wait, wait, wait. I'm just going to get that to 40. Once that says 40 minutes, then I'll be done. Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm at 375 calories. Okay, I'm going to get to 400 calories, and then I'll be done. Yep. So find some sort of little goal, whether it's how fast you can hit a 50, you know, a 50 calorie burn or how fast you can run a quarter of a mile or, again, like hitting a certain goal on the treadmill with regard to either the calories burned, the distance you've gone, or the time you've been on there. It allows you to kind of outfox the negativity and, and be a little more goal-oriented. Another thing you can do is run for a cause. Um, so, like, I got I got. Oh, yeah, that's right. Oh, geez. But I'm biking. But it's like I got signed up for a stand-up to cancer right, thing. Right. So how am I going to say no to that? So run for a cause, you know, that you feel passionate about because it incentivizes you. And it helps to kind of gain support from a community. Uh, okay. Find a buddy to run with. So if you're like, well, no one wants to run with me, you can join a club. Yep. Like there's a there's a website called rrca.org. It's like an athletic club, and you can find little running buddies in your area. Uh, all right, now let's talk a little bit about how to increase your running ability. Uh, listen to your stride. So obviously you want to strike like a ninja. We don't want to hear you. That's the idea. If you if your foot strikes and you sound like an elephant and it's like pound 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 pound. That's actually really bad for you. And now all of the running coaches and everything are telling you to strike on the forefoot, the front of your foot versus the heel. See, isn't that... I know, dude. It's I've been trying so bizarre it. to me. I'm that playing with it are, a little bit. Not without a... I'd use a regular shoe, though. I don't do a barefoot shoe. No. Oh I God, just no. won't do it. I will not do it. Uh, but it's actually kind of easy. You just lean slightly forward. 
And so and in you want to strike like I think about striking between my big toe and the toe next to it, whatever that index you, toe. That What's that high, toe called? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but that's for the point you think right there. You kind of strike. I think about like it's almost like uh, I think I've given this tip before on the show, but it's almost like you're clawing the ground like a dinosaur sort of like with your feet. But I also want you to think about the sound of your feet. So, you know, softer, quieter, better, louder, bad, bad, bad. And when you're running uphill, you want to increase your arm swing like -hmm. you're pulling yourself up on a rope and you want to lift your knees a little bit higher. It helps with your performance and, of course, your calorie burn. That's important. Huh, Janice? Yes. Yeah. And also to add a little bit more spring to your step, try doing some plyometric drills because it just helps you to strengthen your tendons. It's going to help you p- prevent injury because running, I, I just find that if you're, you know, people can get the worst injuries when it comes to running. Try a plyometric circuit like twice a week with box jumps or single leg hops or lateral jumps and just try three sets of 10 reps each twice a week. And it just helps improve your running. Um, another little game that you can play with yourself. I call it the Forrest Gump. Every time you go for a run, just try to go either a little faster or a little longer. Mm-hmm. So if you did like a mile, next time go a mile and a quarter. Or if you ran at a five, next time try to do your run at a five one or five two. Just even ever so slightly as you inch these things up yeah. over time, you'll notice that you gradually become significantly more fit and you perform better. Uh, now, here's another thing that you can do to help with motivation is explore places to run in America. So there are all different kinds of races. Keep it fresh. Keep it different. Give yourself something to look forward to. There's a website called runnersworld.com forward slash race finder. And I'll tell you all the cool races going on around the country. Uh, and then one more tip on performance. Um, all right. So. There's a a running method of madness to a road runner, right? There's this running coach that suggested this. He said, an efficient running economy is 90 steps a minute per foot. This is an exercise physiologist who gave this tip. All right. And basically, count your steps a minute. If your number is under 90, shorten your stride. Under 90? On one foot? Yes, Count your steps a minute, and if your step is under 90, you need to shorten your stride. You're too long. No, so it helps you get the stride right. Does that make sense? Yes. Hmm. That's all I got. Was if it snappy? If you're over 90. Oh. Under. No, sh- under, under 90, 90 means your str- stride is too long. So it, oh, which, yeah. right. So yeah. that's an efficient running economy. So you want 90 steps per foot per minute. So it should be 180 per minute. And if it's... Under 90, shorten the stride up. Per minute, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. You know, um, that was interesting what you said about the plyometrics to do that because um, at physio, which I've been still going to to, to get my knee back, um, that's what we, we do a lot of that. And and basically what she's trying to get me to do is to get my knee tracking right again. And how's it working out? Good, good. Good to know. Yeah. But All that's right. very important. Now let's I call that. I know you're not really interested. In no, that. I'm not. Let's call the Canadian. <laughs> I knew as soon as I opened my mouth that... Uh, no, that, that I care. My, what I was <laughs> Can someone get me a Canadian... It's just good to Canadian know at any time store on the phone. to track your knees right when you're running, because it can cause oh, problems in okay. the end. Canadian. Oh, my um, God. You're so, okay, who are stop we down for a minute. No, I'm going to save you. No, 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 no. It says it. It's Canadian slang for... um. 
undergarments, men's underwear. She's right. No, she's not. She's actually right. And Call somebody. Gunch, gunch, gitch, gunch, ginchies, ginch. Look at her. She's seen. so happy. <laughs> there. Gunch, gunch, gotch, gotchies, ginch, gitchies. It's in the Canadian Oxford Dictionary. There's no such thing as a Canadian Oxford Dictionary. It's slang for men's underwear. Yep. Especially briefs. So if she's wearing men's underwear and briefs, then she's right. Hmm. <laughs> oh, Canada. Oh, home and native land. <laughs> Up your ginchy, Jillian. <laughs> Why did she become Irish just then? <laughs> because Does it say anything about that in there? Way back, way many, many years ago. <laughs> I don't think the Canadians are descended from the Irish. She had a no. British accent this morning. Oh. The Canadians are made up of many, just like uh, just like America is made is a is a made up of many cultures. There's no really, really like if you were uh, born. There's no one responsible for this, is what you're saying. <laughs> oh, I'm so happy. See. Uh huh. Okay. Hey, Brittany. Yeah. You're fired. <laughs> Now what? Now you've got your snappy fitness segment. Brittany will be packing her things. Where would you like to come up next? Now you need to abuse one person on the phone and we can call it a day. All right, good. Okay. We are back, and uh, Melissa is waiting to talk to you. Excellent. Hey, Melissa, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Well, I uh, wrote in last late last night while I couldn't sleep a question for you. Okay. So, um, basically, um, I'm about to turn 55, and uh, although I look about 10 years younger, oh, at least that's what they a, tell me. That a girl. <laughs> um uh, about six years ago, I lost my um, only child to a 17-year-old uh, daughter. Oh, my goodness. And, I'm so sorry. Oh, thanks. And, um, you know, up until that point, I was very healthy, ran a lot, was in the best shape I've ever been. Yeah. Um, weighed about 105 pounds, dripping wet, and about 4'11". Okay. Um, and then kind of just, you know, over a period of a few years, kind of lost my, you know, sense of self and passion for exercise. And, mm-hmm. and uh, but now I have a great job, an amazing girlfriend, mm-hmm. yet I just can't seem to get, I can't seem to get this mojo back. You know, I've lost it. Mm-hmm. Uh, ever since my daughter died, you know, I just kind of can't seem to get that thrill back that you get when, you know, when you work out, yeah. the rush you get when it happens. Because now for me, it feels basically like torture and um, it's yeah. not something I look forward to. Okay. So just kind of, and I, you know, I so appreciate what you do for, and I, you know, yeah. big fan from Biggest Loser Days and how you helped people see that dynamic of, you know, where they got lost. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And thought maybe you could give me some okay. you know, advice. Well, oh God. All right. I, ha- I have a few thoughts. Um, the first one to always go towards is... And this is the one that is going to be the most sustaining. So, in other words, 
you can find various ways of catalyzing yourself towards a change or or into a, a, a place of action. But what will last and stick with you is always your why for the behavior you're about to engage in. So my question to you is, why do you want to get back to the gym? Um, because I liked the way I felt. And, and do you mean the endorphin rush and that's not happening? Or do you mean just physically the way your body looked, the way you yeah, felt I think, strong? I think it's both, actually, Jillian. I think it's both. I think okay. it's like, you know, you feel like, you know, you, you do feel the adrenal, adrenaline rush and okay. you do feel good about the way you, you look at the package. You know, it, mm-hmm. it all goes together. Okay. Um, for me. Okay. So, so the first thing is you need to think about... All right. When I go to the gym, I don't like to go to the gym. I don't, I, Jillian, don't like to go to the gym. But what I do like is, and I think about the end result of the behavior I'm engaging in. So I make that positive connection as instead of a negative connection to it. And I think, Mm -hmm. okay, I'm going to look better. I'm going to feel better. I'm going to, you know, my jeans are going to fit on Friday night and I'm going to love that. I, you know, I've got a vacation coming up and I'm going to wear a bathing suit. And I, you know, I think about things that are coming up and how important it is to me. Oh, I got to go back to TV and, you know, next year I want to look good for that again or whatever it is, whatever your reason is. And I want you to be specific. OK, I'm going to feel better in my relationship. I'm going to look better in my clothes and that's going to make me feel blah, blah, blah. I'll be more confident at work. All those things that is going to do for you. I'm going to feel sexier. I'm going to feel stronger. I'm going to feel good. And and that's the motivation to go. But my I feel like a suspicion. And again, I, you know, I, I function sometimes empathically, like I, 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 I get a feeling to ask something and I'm either right or I'm wrong. And I could very, very well be wrong. But I'm feeling compelled to ask you if you went back to the gym and you felt sexy again and strong again and affluent again and work is good and your relationship is good. Would there be any guilt there? Probably. Elaborate, please. Well, you know, because I think that's a sense of moving on. Aha! I knew it! Mm -hmm. I knew it! I (laughs) knew it! Okay. So then here's our problem. I I knew it. I knew it. So so here's our problem. You would feel like you had finally moved on if you yeah. if you made this one last chapter. You've got a good relationship. You've got a good job, but you're neglecting your health. And that is, yeah. you know, there are, there are several key aspects of our lives. There's our professional, our personal, and our physical well-being. These three components of a reality. And this one, you've held back. And, and I, I, I sense that it had to do with a guilt and a feeling of having moved on if you moved forward with this. But here's yep. where the shift needs to come from. I need you to think about your daughter right now and what she would want for you. Oh, yeah, she'd be kicking my rear end about now. What would she want for you? Tell me. Yeah. Oh, she would want me to be the way I was because she knew I was happy 
you know, feeling physically good and, and, you know, feeling good about who I was. I mean, I was wearing her clothes sometimes, and she'd say, you can't do that. That's, that's not what moms do. But, it, you know, it was just kind of, you know, it's kind of one of those things that where we would just like, you know, I'd be like, okay, 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 I get it. I'm just trying to make a point here that I look as good as you do when I'm old, not older. Of course. But, of right, you course. Know, so that, I think you you're you're right on point, and and of course probably this occurred to me, but I couldn't you know I'm like oh no that's not it, but it is, you said it. But I think it is, and something in me told me to ask you, which means that it, that, and then you didn't say no no no, you responded, which means that it that it is, and so what I need you to do, when you feel that way, is to think about what she would say to you, and what she would want for you. And to do it for her. Mm-hmm. So when we think of the loved ones that we've lost, and, and I admit I've never experienced anything like that, and I, I, I can't presume to, to know what you've been through. However, I have experienced the loss of a loved one, and I know in my heart that what they would want for me is the best possible life. Right. The best possible life. And you need to really, when you fight it and you don't go to the gym and you can't find that passion for it, I want you to hear her in your head telling you, Mom, go and, and live well and live happy and, 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 and have the best life that you can to honor her, to do it for her. Imagine how devastated she would be if she thought that you let yourself go because of her. Right. Right. I mean, literally, right now, I want you to just say to me, what would she say to you right now? What would she say to you right now? She would say, what are you doing? Why are you doing this to yourself? And yeah, and I would say, you know, no. And I, what? I, and what else would she say? That I need. She would tell me I would need to stop it. And <laughs> and to start caring about myself. Because because I care. I should care about it. I mean, I really too should care about it. But she cares about it. Right. She cares about it. Right. The next time you are questioning this or feeling guilty, I want you to come back and listen to this and what you just said. Because it's really what she would say, and you know it. Mm-hmm. And and so there's, there is that motivation of moving on, but you're, you've got the guilt that's important that's standing in the way of that so i need you to come back and listen to this and allow that to give you the permission to take care of yourself again yeah i totally get it please you you hurt her you hurt her when you when you don't yeah she would be just furious and devastated and frustrated and heartbroken i i promise you 
I know for a fact. I all I can think about are all the kids that tell me how much they worry about their parents and right. their health. I mean, I can I can almost hear this kid in my head. I, I, please, I'm telling you, please, if you if you ever heard one thing, you you have to trust what you've just said and the conversation that we've just had, and live your absolute the best possible life that you can in her honor. Okay. Uh, yep, I totally get it. I hope so, buddy. All right. Thanks, Julian. It's my pleasure. Thank you for calling. Okay. All right, bud. We're here, by the way, if ever you need to check back in. Just yep. didn't, you I, know. I got the email. Uh, <laughs> a girl. I got the, well, if I got you ever need email, a little reality Jan- check, let me know. I'll give, I'll give Janice a jingling and say, hey, just tell Julian things are much better. Oh, I'm hoping to hear that, but if they're not, check in and we'll we'll talk again all right i appreciate it my pleasure all right all right have a good day you too okay bye bye i knew it mm-hmm. smelt that one a mile away it's fascinating it's like there's a certain part of this job where you can this is going to sound so psychotic but it's 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 like that's why it's never been about fitness for me because I can hear something in my head that tells me what to say. I knew that was it. It's the weirdest thing. I don't know how to describe it to you. And you can't, you can't tell her. She has to. She, Look, Janice is upset. <laughs> no, it's just it's it's a it's. There's a weird. Um, with grief, oh Lord! There's a weird no, but there it, it is a guilt, and I I get I so because you have it, I do, and I'm exactly <laughs> oh, boy. I'm not exactly I can't put myself exactly as anybody else, but you suffer from the same thing I know there is, and and but it's almost like sometimes it's 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 weird. You think what will if I get happy or if I get healthy or mm. if I look good, it's 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 not even yourself. It's you think. But people will. What will people think if I move on? It's just buzz. You put. You load. Grief is the most. You load all this stuff on top of yourself. That's so wrong, bud. I know. I know. I know. In theory, it is, but you feel it. It's an. Uh, Oh, I know, which makes it real. My mom always tells me that it doesn't matter. It's a psychic reality for you. I know, but it's it's wrong and it's sad because it's. It's the exact opposite of what your family would want for you. Exactly. You know, and, and, and the voice, you know, like it, it's like a gestalt. You know, I could sit, you know, I could put my mother in, you know, that had that con- like mm-hmm. what, you were, what you were doing with Melissa. You know, you have mm-hmm. that. Con- what what's what's the conversation? Yeah, what does it sound like? Sure. To you? And and, you know, that is the conversation. What, of whatever whatever it is. first comes, you know. And think about this. I sometimes do this when it uh, I don't have that guilt, unfortunately, but I, I unfortunately I don't I don't have that guilt. Um, but if, if my mom died, uh, I would do the same thing I do with my grandmother who died. And I was really, really, really close with my grandmother. Um, and sometimes when I'm trying to do something or get something or go after something, I have the exact opposite. I think about her with me, Mm -hmm. cheering me on. I think about making her proud. If only she could see me now kind of a thing. And, you know, that that I I twist it, I flip it the other way, of like if she could see me now, if she could only know, or she mm-hmm. would be so proud, or she's with me right now today, and 
No, man. Mm-mm. Yeah, and, and and you know, and and she is because you know when my just before my mom close to when she was dying, and I and I said, you know what, my, and I had to say it. I was so scared to say it to her. I don't know why I was so afraid to say it, because I thought she would think that I was you know giving up. But I said, you know, mom, I'm gonna miss you so much. Oh. And she said, she just turned to me and she said, oh. she says, I'm always gonna be here. That's and funny. I kind of went. You know, I wasn't expecting that, you know, but she just said, I'm always going to be here. Did you ever tell you about that dream I had with my grandmother? Mm -mm. So she died when I was 10 and, you know, my parents were just about to head into a really ugly, ugly divorce. I was an only child up until I was 16 years old. She was the only one that I ever felt really understood me. You know, I was a fat kid, a loner kid. She was the only one that I ever felt truly unconditionally loved me. And she died and I was wrecked and I'd been wrecked my whole life. I mean, you know, I have a tattoo of her on my foot, that angel on my foot. I mean, you know, on and on. And I looked for her and I looked for her and I looked for her. And I mean, I had done everything. I talked to psychics and this and that. And we had a deal. Right. And I, I don't know how many of you've made that deal with a loved one, but it's like, if you can give me a sign, you know, what I mean? mm-hmm. when you die, give me a sign. And, you know, of course, nothing. So I'm 27. I'm 27 years old, and I remember saying to my therapist, I'm like, I've never even had a dream with her in it. She is gone. Gone. It's now been 17 years, okay? And I'm leaving ICM. In fact, I got blackmailed out of ICM. This was when I was a motion picture talent agent. I'd left training at 24. At 27, I got blackballed out of the business. I was, I mean, I'd never, I don't think in my entire life I'd been depressed. It was the only time in my life I thought, geez, I need to go on antidepressants. I was completely and utterly lost. And I fell asleep on my couch with Baxter, my little dog Baxter. Mm -hmm. He was a puppy at the time. Fell asleep on my couch and I'm walking down the hallway of my mom's house in my dream. And I'm following my mom. And it's funny because my mom and my grandmother had unresolved issues, right? And my mom was grieving something. I'm following her and my mom kind of peels off to the right. And at the end of the hallway, there's a woman in my mom's room putting things away. And I keep walking down the hallway and she turns around and she looks at me and it was my grandmother. And I mean, clear as day. It was her. Not like it was my grandmother and she turned into a fawn and then she led me to Disneyland. (laughs) No, I mean, it was her... Everything, the eyebrows penciled on, the way she had them. She would kill me if she heard me say that. But, like, I mean, and she looks over her shoulder, and she turns, and she looks at me, and she smiles. And I became hysterical in the dream, hysterical crying. And I know she spoke to me. Like, she didn't speak. Her mouth didn't move, but I could hear what she was saying. And the one thing she said that I that stuck with me was, we see each other every day. And she meant, let this go. I'm always with you. And I woke up hysterical crying. And I called my mom at four in the morning. And I was like, I saw grandma. And she told me that we see each other every day. And since then, I've been fine. I'm at peace. But it's weird that your mom said that to you because that's Mm -hmm. exactly. And by the way, haven't dreamt of her since and knew that that was it. I knew that I was never going to see her again. I knew it was like, you get one and this is your one. And I, I knew it. It was it's like, I don't know what to tell you, Janice. And she said, we see each other every day. And it's like, I it's that, oh, I'm always with you. And even though it's doesn't always make it easier on this level, on this level, <laughs> on this level. there's a certain peace that it brought to me. 
And um, and it's it's stopped like the obsession to find her, to know if she's OK. It's just I was instantaneously at peace. Haven't seen her since. I'm 38 now. 11 years ago. 17 years since she died. Said the same thing your mother said to you mm-hmm. when she was dying. And you got to know it, man. Yeah. Yeah. You got to know it. And you got to have their death mean something. My grandmother died of lung cancer. I never smoked. Ever. Never. And I probably would have been a kid that did, too. I was a real rebel. Never smoked. It me- And I hate cigarettes, and I fight them like crazy, and I'm always involved in anti-cancer, hence the stand-up to cancer triathlon that I'm <laughs> doing. But I'm telling you right now, you, you give their death meaning, and the best way you do that is by living well. We need to end on a happy, happy. It is a happy note. It's about it's about sort of like making peace and and being able to kind of like carry that person with you and and still like live in their honor. That that ultimately is happy. It's as happy as that kind of stuff gets. Yeah, I know, but couldn't we? No, that's it. Because <laughs> I'm thrilled with that call. I think it was really ultimately very positive and. I am happy with it, and I think I'm at my best today. So, because oh it's always all about me. So, <laughs> as it should be, as it should be. All right. Yeah. All right. Well, then we will say goodbye for the day. All right, Weeper. Weeper, I know. Oh, poor Janice. I love to kick you when you're down. I know. It's all. It's all good. It's. All but, I mean, good. we have to end the show because no one can take your 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 sullen, sullen disposition. <laughs> She's done bearable. Oh we better say goodbye. We better, we best oh say God, goodbye. Oh, God, she's crying again. <laughs> we best say goodbye. Bye-bye. listening to comedy try watching it on the internet the folks behind the sideshow network have launched a new youtube channel called wait for it it's got interviews with comedians like reggie watts todd glass liza schleichinger slicing driving friends with her for 10 years one of the funniest people out there and i still have a hard time with the last name liza our very own owen benjamin that's me takes you on a musical journey down internet rabbit holes and much more you don't have to wait any longer. Just go to youtube.com slash waitforitcomedy. There's no need to wait for it anymore. Because it's here. And it's funny. And I love you. <laughs>